Hello and welcome to what is the penultimate crossover of the Nerdist School Nerdy Comic Book Podcast. Hello, I'm Trevor Reese. And I'm Chris Finbrez. And we represent the podcast of Two Worlds. And joining us, as always, for this are... Uh, I'm Cameron Dexter. And I'm Chris Lord from Tim Talk. You should have introduced yourself as Cameron Dexter from Tim Talk. No, I'm not. I don't associate myself with that podcast. Uh, and our last guest. Uh, I'm the Frank from the Novice and Frank. The Novice, Amanda Barnes, is not with us this evening. She, well, we should we should mention that she is now Mrs. Amanda. That is correct. She just Woo, got married. Congrats. Woo. She did it. She did it. It was a beautiful, beautiful ceremony. Did, um, did you go for the garter? Or are you... You know, they did not do a throwing of the garter at all or of a bouquet. Oh. They did not do either of that. Was that a conscious choice or just I slipped so. away? Yeah, I believe so. They uh, they did a very just cool, very fun evening. That was uh, Paint us a word picture of it, Frank. Well, I, I mean, of course, it's at the museum, so the Natural History Museum. So you walk in there, and it's already like one of those, like, you get to hang out in a place that you don't normally get to hang to, like, hang out in after hours. So it already sets a really cool vibe. They go and they do their ceremony in one of the wings. And then they didn't do, like, the, 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 he went right from the ceremony right to the reception. There wasn't any, like, hey, we're going to go take photos. So just kind of occupy yourselves for, like, you know, 30 to 45 minutes. It just kept on rolling. They had a good sense of momentum. The ceremony was short. They wrote their own vows. They had Matt Craig do the, uh, the ceremony. Nice. Yeah. So, and it was, very, it was a nice combination of very, uh, very touching and warm and also funny. And it just it struck the right balance. And how many people objected when the moment came? Uh, everyone. 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 <laughs> it was, it was like, whoa. Enough right. is enough. <laughs> and then they did the, they came on, they did the dance, and they uh, they practiced, they choreographed their own wedding dance to a variety of songs, mm. ending up with the uh, Time of Your Life from Dirty Dancing. And they did the dance from the movie as their wedding dance. Awesome. That's awesome. Oh. Well, no, yeah. Nobody puts Amanda in the corner. No. Uh, she said that. Uh, yeah, she wanted, Mike, wanted her husband Mike to know that. Like, just no. This is not happening. <laughs> what a way to start up a marriage. That's true. <laughs> it was a lovely evening, though. Well, that's awesome. Well, Amanda, we're sorry you're not here, but congratulations. Um, <laughs> yeah, at various times we'll leave like, just like, like two-minute gaps. And then we'll, we'll get her to record some thoughts that we can just plug in there. Well, but this is the perfect movie for a bros night out. Men. We're talking. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, just sweaty <laughs> muscles and fighting gladiators. It's wonderful. Whatever we think. Buns. Hulk buns. Oh, yeah. Big, big old nice green buns. Yeah. They were meaty. Did rival Nightwing? Nothing rivals Nightwing. <laughs> but okay, now that Chris, now that yeah. we have gotten Hulk buns, yes, how much does that raise your anticipation for the eventual Nightwing movie for his buns? I mean, my anticipation was already immense. It's a lot, uh, all depends on the casting, though. Like I was seeing that was the guy from Power Rangers and Stranger Things, Jacob Montgomery. I guess Ugh. his name getting thrown around. I'm like, nah, no. no, 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 no. I've seen him with long hair. It doesn't look good. Well, what what we know from the Hulk buns now is that they can CGI. Fairly decent buns. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah, well, those, those have, have to be hundred percent authentic. You but gotta this, slap those hams. This yeah. is Mark Ruffalo and mocap. Do we think those are Ruffalo buns? Just enhanced. Yeah, <laughs> just Hulk, Hulkified. <laughs> I mean, they ruffled my feathers, so it was fine. Oh, oh. first pun. <laughs> oh man, no, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> this is the first two-minute mark. <laughs> uh, Cameron. I loved the movie. Are we still talking buns? Or We're we all over the place. All over the place. Why don't you kick it, kick it off with non-bun related thoughts? Oh, God, I, I loved this movie so much. Um, 
I, I was lucky enough to see it uh, a week early uh, with a, a group of Disney people, and it was one. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we get it. <laughs> yeah, if you if you don't follow me on Instagram, I I'm, I'm pretty big in the Disney community. No, I'm not, not in the slightest bit. Um, let's pump that up. Let's. What's your handle? Let's. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm, All right. I'm not plugging right now. Um, what was the Disney thing that you got uh, a week early screening? Uh, one of my friends invited me, and it's uh, like the Disney blog i guess they have a twitter and for every marvel or for every disney movie they'll kind of if you tweet at them on a certain day they'll release like 200 tickets to an early screening uh so we got to go down to the uh uh, what is it the disneyland theater and got to see it oh wow Um, and it was really cool they gave us you know like little head things we got like a big photo op opportunity couldn't get four couldn't get four more tickets though no I mean, I could. I just kind of wanted this to myself. <laughs> wow. Being a real Loki there, Cameron. Yeah, you know, every vil- every podcast needs a villain, and I- I'm going to take on that role for this one. Speaking of Loki, uh, how great was Matt Damon Loki? Amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I-, I actually had that spoiled for me. No. By another podcast. Bastards. Um, unfortunately. Because they heard a rumor that was a thing, and they mentioned it on, on the podcast. I, I kind of knew it was going to happen. But the uh, for me, the greater cameo in that scene was the guy playing Thor. Did you guys catch who that was? It was the, the non-famous Young Hemsworth, Hemsworth right? It's no, 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 no. So not... Thor, but Od- oh, I said Thor. Oh, uh, I, meant, I meant Odin. Sam Neill. Oh, yeah, Sam, yeah. Yes. Oh, Sam Neill. <laughs> yes. I was so, I, it, t- it took me a second to realize who that was, and then I was so excited when I realized Dr. that. Dr. Alan Grant. Until I realized it was a whole cameo thing, I just sort of for a second was like, damn, Sam Neill, you've really fallen off that like this is what you're <laughs> right? getting is like the cameo. But then I saw the whole thing. It's like, oh, yeah, and he was in The Hunt for the Wilderbeast yeah. and everything. It's like, all right, uh, cool, I get it. Like, uh, But I had to cry. So one time, total side note, but it involves Jeff Goldblum. I was at, the, <laughs> I was at this um, event, Campus Movie Fest, one year, mm-hmm. and Goldblum's like been involved with it um, since the beginning, only because they used us – illegally used his Apple commercial to sell like their first thing, like started on a single college campus. And then for the event I was at, he was there and he had us basically play like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon thing. Oh yeah. He does that when he performs at Rockwell. Yeah. And yeah. so it was super funny cause everyone started off with, um, uh, with him. He's like, all right. And then name someone else. And someone said, Sam Neill. I was like, all right, everyone named someone named a uh, movie. Sam Neill was in. And it was silent. <laughs> just a pin oh drop. Because it was Jurassic Park. Yeah. And so it was just like, <laughs> it was just deadly silent. It was so funny. But I've always sort of had that like anxiety about Sam Neill's career <laughs> since then. <laughs> I, I He's Alan Grant. I, I would have thrown in uh, Hunt for October and see if you could oh, then find yeah, a way. Yeah, yeah. Ignoring Jurassic Park, can you find your way back? Mm, that's good. Event Horizon? Yeah, Event Horizon. Him and him and the fish. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> now I now I'm in troubled waters with my Sam Neill. <laughs> yeah, at that. Yeah, yeah, uh, it, it falls off. Uh, the important thing, though, is do you think that those characters made it off of Asgard? No, mm. no, I don't think they did. No, nobody cares about those actors. Yeah, <laughs> just they had a big party after the show. They passed out in a dungeon somewhere. <laughs> Someone forgot to wake them up, <laughs> and all of a sudden they just wake up as. Surter's blowing up the foundation. Do you think in the in the brief time Hella was there that she would recreate the play and insert an actress of herself in there? Ooh. Ooh. Oh. Okay, then let's jump off that. Who is Hella? 
Who does the stunt casting cameo for Hella? Mila Kunis. No, yeah. I like that. That's good. You got Aubrey Plaza. Oh, all right. Keep it in the Marvel family mm-hmm. with Legion. I'm going Sam Neill in a dual <laughs> role. <laughs> right, he needs it, guys. Come on. Oh wait, no, no, no. The obvious answer here is Laura Dern. Mm. Um, I'm gonna go with Helen Mirren. <laughs> <laughs> Just for nice. everything. Yeah, Helen Mirren. That's what I'm going with. Uh, I feel like I, I really like the movie, but I it, I don't know if I love it. I, I felt like there was things that I tried to do that didn't quite stick to landing. Like As much as like, I felt like Guardians of the Galaxy 2 did a better job of having humor, but then sticking you with that a nice emotional landing at the end. And I don't feel like Thor got that. Mm-hmm. I feel like there were things in there that you've, I wanted, I felt like I should feel more about, and I didn't. Well, they kind of like addressed the fact that like kind of how shitty asgard is because of them and it almost feels like it's commentary on the previous two thor movies so i think now like because uh Watiti, um chris was telling me he said like if he comes back he more wants to make ragnarok 2 than thor 4 and so i think it's something that would be built on now he has this his group of people his family that he created that possibly we can get something that james gunn got because yeah like there's like the warriors 3 boom 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 gone 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 and who gives a shit? We didn't even notice last movie that Chuck replaced. <laughs> <laughs> replaced Who's Shazam? Yeah, 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 Shazam. Ooh, Shazam. He said, fuck it, you want to go do DC? Go. <laughs> but I thought that was interesting that he was able to get all those actors back and say, okay, we want you back just for literally like a did, second. And did Chuck up. say a word? No. I nope. don't think he, yeah. He, he, said, he grunted, Ugh. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is that enough to, to get residuals? SAG, yeah, that's, that's that SAG, SAG eligible. Could, who knows that? Yeah, I don't. I don't think this movie was for the Thor character. I think it was for the Thor franchise. Like, I don't. That, I don't think that's why they left out an emotional punch. Like, oh damn, I really feel for that now. It was just more like, hey, we need to get this franchise in a different place, something yeah. a little more exciting. Yeah, but even like with like the banner stuff, he does set up that whole thing where uh, the stakes of what happens if he goes and reverts back to the Hulk again. Mm-hmm. And the moment in the movie, I just I felt like it. It didn't. His decision to kind of turn back. Into yeah, the he didn't like. Like, f- it was obviously a situation where he felt he needed to do it, but you don't see that crisis. Of yes. Like, yeah. I'm basically like sacrificing myself for people because then he just face plants, <laughs> which was <laughs> fucking hilarious. Which was a great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I wanted to ask do you. Uh, so I feel like in the first two Thor movies, I, I haven't watched them in a while, so I'm basing off memory. Um, Thor was the character that you laughed at instead of yeah. laughed with. Mm-hmm. That's Do you think that, it's yeah. okay for them to change the character like that? Because this is a oh. movie where they definitely wanted you to laugh with him instead of at him. Oh, 100. I was talking about that uh, with my boss like when I first saw it. Like, that was the one, the marked improvement that I noticed was the fact that it's not like, oh, look at Thor. He doesn't understand how the earth works. Like, he's smashing coffee cups. Freaking Thor. There's Kat Denning laughing at him. And it's like, yeah, it makes it so much better when you can laugh with him and he's got the sense of humor with him. Because, like, I prefer this Thor. The Thor that we saw in this, I wish we got from the beginning. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Like, I've always had a bit of a soft spot for the Thor movies. Like, I know everyone says The Dark World is, like, the worst of all the Marvel movies. That might be true. I don't know. I like the finale. Could you it's think not... of anything worse? Mm-hmm. Probably not. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so <laughs> so point I, proven. I don't, I don't like to think of it as the worst of them as much as the least best. 
fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> but no. Yeah, I try to be a little more positive, which is ironic because I actually did not love this movie. I bring it on. Let's hear I it. I know. Yeah. I mean, I, I always have to be the the dismissive voice here. So why keep, you know, why break that trend? But I, I think I've hit fatigue with Marvel. Like this is now. Each of the movies come out this year. I've only seen them once. I didn't really feel like I had to go watch them again. And I don't know when I will. I probably will at some point. But I've all been like, okay, that was fun. And I've forgotten them all entirely. And I feel like that was kind of the case here, too. With the exception of Taika Waititi's character. What's his name again? Korg. Korg. Best, best Marvel character. Yeah, Korg's amazing. I would watch a, like a 90-minute spinoff of just Korg doing whatever. Well, they were saying that they, they had plans to do a Marvel one-shot again with that character. Oh, my God. But because now Marvel's expanded to its slate of like three a year, mm-hmm. they just couldn't manage it. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. They do have to do a lot, but I don't know. Well, that was what, like, when I got pulled out of it was when it became the most Marvel movie. Like, Hela was so one-note, just classic sort of Marvel villain. And, yeah, it was when it was forced to be a Marvel movie was when I felt the most checked out or least invested. That's what that's what we talked about uh, when we left the theater. I asked, uh, does Hela rank out? Because the last Marvel Marvel movie we had was Spider-Man which Michael Keaton was the second best villain we've had in a Marvel movie. Yeah. And, like, now that he's set that bar, I think, like, before him, I think we might have accepted Hela as, like, all right, fine, it's just a Marvel villain. Like, they they don't get it. But now that Michael Keaton is there to kind of reestablish the Loki bar, it's, like, you have to to put a little bit more effort into that. Well, because what I thought was interesting about Hela, and I wish they would have explored more, because I agree with you, it's just I felt like there was... A lot of potential with her that's never explored. Yeah. That when she tears down the the structure from the ceiling and you do see kind of the the real origins of Asgard. It's like so she does have a point. I mean, she certainly mm-hmm. went to the extreme and needed to be stopped, but there was, at least at the beginning, uh definitely a legitimacy to what her yeah. beef was. And I was like, I, that would have been more interesting to kind of explore and <clears throat> have her it, it, an opportunity to be a little bit more sympathetic towards her would have been nice. Well, and the fact I think it's the, they immediately like shy away from that tone by make by giving Anthony Hopkins his grandfatherly exit, oh, just because so like lame. that's the last image you get of him is just like, just sort of, oof, fading off and he, like it's that sort of sets the tone of what Odin is and so they want to keep it that way so they kind of brush under Hela's. I hate Odin in a sweater vest. <clears throat> It's I hate it so. It makes me feel uncomfortable when that when it kept popping up because it was like when he would have his flashback or not like his like memory of his dad, his Super Saiyan moments. Yeah, and I'm like, why, <laughs> why is that your memory of your father? Like you knew him <laughs> your entire life. Yes. You, that was a, a, a three God minute King. segment. <laughs> we have Anthony Hopkins for one day. <laughs> One costume. <laughs> All right, guys. He said he's not putting the armor on. Because like that was he's, another. He's wearing what he showed up in. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I mean, he could have even been in the 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 silk robes that Loki was pretending to be. Although that Anthony Hopkins performance was fucking awesome. Yeah. Yes. Loki Anthony Hopkins was hilarious. Which is like, oh shit, when <laughs> Thor showed up, like that was such a great little throw off moment. But yeah, like yeah, it was weird seeing him. Although I liked Thor and Loki in their regular clothes like, oh yeah like their new york street attire yeah yeah i like them in their street clothes but yeah there was something weird about Odin. clothes yeah, yeah. <laughs> i so i did think it's interesting because like from the first trailer that scene originally took place in an alleyway yeah and then it got changed to like an open field and i guess i, I maybe just because i knew that as i was watching that scene but the fact that they just you know changed the background and didn't reshoot it was painfully obvious to me it looked really really fake was there a reason else? that they changed it 
Um, there was, I don't remember what it was. There's so much misleading about that trailer. Because they didn't want the flashback to just be an alleyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when... <laughs> Yeah, no, I think, yeah, I mean, you joke, I think that's literally it. That's like, they just, they realize, like, oh, like, that only gives us so much room to, like, play around in. And, yeah. like, cinematically, it's only so interesting to just, like, mm-hmm. have, like, a, the thing goes off and, like, glass shatters. Like, that's not as interesting as putting it in an empty field, I guess. Yeah, so I guess it would have been. No. It probably was that they go back to New York or Strange after. Because it's like, how could they? They clearly shot that stuff with Anthony Hopkins, like, knowing about it. Or, or yeah, had it in an alleyway before, but. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Like, it seemed like they wanted to have it just, like, immediately following Strange. He's out there. Because they had that whole thing. They, no, they did reshoot it. Because they, well, they, they had him in like crazy Hope. But I, I don't think they reshot um, any of the stuff with Hela and Loki and Thor. I think that was all just... Oh, and then they yeah, changed yeah. the background now. But obviously, they had to redo Hopkins stuff. So, like, I think that's part of it, too, is you could kind of tell as I'm watching it that, like, none of those actors were all in the same space at the same time when they filmed that scene. Mm-hmm. I don't know, just pull me out a little bit. Well, I feel like I wanted to, I wish the exit for Odin would have been more emotional. It's like, all right, I mean, this is guy's father. Just, when he just kind of fades off, I'm like, that was it? And even when yeah. he comes back at the end and has his little, you know, the, the God of Hammers, it's like, I still feel, I, I feel like I wanted, I wanted, I felt like the movie wanted me to feel like, yes. And I never quite got that yes out of that whole scene. There was, uh, I noticed it the second time that uh, it's, it's how they just kind of dissolve him I feel like it's just like basic effects and it's like an intern could have done that part. If they were like, if they like dove in and actually had him while he's giving the speech, like he's slowly degrading. I think just that one little like special effect shot would have really mm-hmm. made that so much more impactful. Cause now like what we saw was just him sitting there in silence and disappears like green screen off. Yeah, you're just like, oh wait, you're dying now. Yeah, like that was yeah, that's the feeling you get. Yeah, like, so oh, I get like, if you if dying. you see him yeah. like like just like small particles starting to fly over his face as yeah. he's giving the talk to them. It's like, hello, yeah, like, I've made mistakes in my past. I don't have the power to stop them anymore. Yeah, like maybe as he's like, because he doesn't he grab Thor and Loki's hands and like kind of leads them to the thing. Like something like that, like starting at like as his hands start disintegrating as they're like t- holding. Uh, no, because it, you see their backs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but when he when he walks them up to the start of his like speech, like doesn't he like take their hand or something like that? Don't they have some sort of contact? I think I want to think so, but I don't Whatever. think they do. <laughs> but it is also nice because it's like literally if they'd been five minutes later. <laughs> he would have got to that feel like, what? what, what where happened? is he? Strange. Where, where? <laughs> They're late. I don't know what to tell you. What do you guys think of the Strange cameo? Uh, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I, I like that he's gotten more powerful. Yeah, he's honed his, his craft. Yeah, you, you can see the time has passed since um, since the movie. Uh, and that, like, he's, since he is isolated now, like, all the other, uh, like, monks and wizards have left, he just doesn't care about kind of anyone and just does whatever he wants that most convenience himself. Yeah. That's, I think that's what's most, the best thing about Thor is more just the implication that, and, and with that and Spider-Man, these summer of movies have really just established how, e- how much Marvel has built its world that people can just slide in and out without, like, any other time, like, oh shit, Doctor Strange and the Hulk are gonna be in this movie? But it was just like, yeah, they're here. Like, they're just established characters that you can just pull upon as if it were anything else. Well, do you remember in Dark World when we had the Captain America cameo? Yeah. Because Thor, and that, like, that was like my favorite scene. Because I'm yeah, like, oh yeah. my God, Captain America's in Thor. This is amazing. Yeah. 
And now it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like you said, it's it's a full integrated universe now. Mm. And now we can kind of have these fun combinations as things progress. I mean, we don't, now we're sort of with Infinity War moving forward and we don't know who's going to make it out or anything like that. Like, they completely, yeah, that's what Mark Ruffalo was saying, like, everyone dies is what I heard. Um, so, yeah, it's just interesting to Good. see. If you're going up against Thanos, everyone needs to die. Yeah. Whether or not they come back afterwards is up for debate. But, yeah, some, some people need to die. Well, it certainly felt like in this one they were setting up that Thor's story was going to end soon. I don't know. Maybe just because for me, like, it, it's just a weird thing. But, it, like, the eye patch was, like, the biggest indication for me. Like, oh, they're, like, they're really trying to push him in a completely different direction so they can eventually stop using him. Well, yeah, he's either going to die or become king thor and have to deal with yeah, that well you stuff. have to evolve his status i mean we've already got in two movies with odin and then loki yeah. and that whole struggle so just go ahead and fuck it you're king now dude like that was the next step anyway but that's right? also a good character retirement thing mm. that's true actually yeah. yeah instead of killing him off he just like he has to go and be king to his people i just yeah. really didn't like the eye patch guys no. i really didn't like it what the fact that they didn't have a string that it was too small <laughs> i don't know it just chris you... hemsworth looks weird with an eye patch and i don't know it felt it felt like a it, it cheap way to be like oh look how rough this is for him he got he lost his eye i'm like well fucking, i thought so because they that's okay so we were talking about the cg with the um with the alleyway and all that stuff and how mm-hmm. clearly the trailer showed it a different way and then they cgi'd his neck thing out from his cool reveal Oh, yeah, you're right. And they um, they CG'd out his eye. Yeah, they gave yeah, me those fuckers. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what I thought when I saw him lose his eye. I'm like, oh, shit, he lost his eye. Oh, but when he goes full Thunder God. Yeah, when he powers back m- up. Magically will get his yeah. eye back. I mean, I kind of like that they're doing that. I mean, I guess technically that's misleading. But at the same time, like, if it prevents them from giving away little details, I'm actually kind of cool mm-hmm. with them. Yeah, like, for editing real. their way through the trailer. But it's like also, but it's like I, I'd rather you guys take the effort to do something like Guardians or like what Star Wars is doing, and use your footage intentionally misleading to present a different image than what you want us to be looking at. True. Yeah. But that ultimately doesn't feel like well, you guys just CG'd all that. You kind of just. But, get... but doing that comparison to Star Wars, can Thor? I mean, Star Wars is Star Wars it's going to have the fans come no matter yeah. what. No matter what they show. They can show fucking, like, Jar Jar skeleton, and fans will eat that shit up. Um, with Thor... That's an exciting scene. That is an exciting <laughs> scene. Um, with Thor, like, it doesn't have... Especially after the last one, it doesn't really have that power to just yeah. show, like, broad scenes and try and mislead the audience and just, like, get a vibe. Well, You need something to get the, the common folk to, to come... To, to go to the theater. I just saw something. Um, AV Club was doing an article, and they were saying, uh, the title of it, what got me to uh, look at it was, should uh, why Marvel did a bad job of hiding Thor's biggest reveal. And they were talking about how the Thor, or the Hulk reveal, how if you didn't see the trailer, you really have no idea that it would be Hulk until it happens. Yeah. There's no indication. There's no tease. What do you guys think about that? Did you like knowing Hulk was going to show up um, going in? Or would you have rather had that crazy reveal of, oh, shit, Hulk's here? I, I think I would have rather had it be a reveal. Because like, that's a great moment in the trailer. We already knew Hulk was going to be in the movie going in. It's like, oh, this is how they're going to film in the trailer. And then you get to that moment in the film, you're like, they really are building up the suspense. And I know exactly what's going to happen. I know exactly mm-hmm. what his line's going to be when he sees him. I was like, oh, it, it did lose his impact for me, I mm-hmm. think. If, if there's any bit of technology that I want 
kind of right now. It's to like partially erase memories. <laughs> I wanted to like be attached like for for movie purposes specifically because I wanted to be attached to like a Blu-ray player where I put in a movie and it finds the synapses that that connect all those memories and it just like blocks them for the next three hours. So I feel like I can experience that movie for the first time again. Which is good that the trailers are misleading sometimes, right? Because yeah. you want to experience that new shit. It was like Guardians did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Like they established what the tone was going to be, but you had no fucking clue what the story was. Like going into it, it was like I had no, like I really thought like the um, the gold people were going to be like a militarized threat when they're really just kind of a pain in their ass. Mm-hmm. And like, you really don't understand the full scope of the story, but it felt like you really knew exactly what Thor's story was going in. It's like, all right, hella showing up. Uh, Thor's getting sent off to this planet. Hulk's going to show up and then they're going to bring the battle back to hella. Like you kind of knew beat for beat with a little like misdirections here and there. Like you, you thought hella was the one who destroyed Asgard with the fire and not Surtur. Um, but even you knew he was going to show up too. Mm-hmm. Can we can we take a moment to go back to Cameron's really dangerous proposal of technology? <laughs> right there, like the implications of that are absolutely terrifying. Yeah, that's going to be. I, I don't uh, see any weaponized with this. by the military in like a. There fucking definitely wasn't second. a whole comic about partially erasing memories. Yeah. yeah, but I feel like you're a real sick fuck, Cameron. Sometimes <laughs> you need like that second viewing to like like better appreciate a movie, and yet if you wiped your mind. And you're only getting experience that first time. You're always going to be like unsatisfied with that movie. Like, eh, eh, I don't know. I should maybe I should watch it again. And you're like, oh wait. Uh. No, I completely agree with that because if I didn't have a chance to rewatch movies, I would still hate The Dark Knight. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like we're ba- you're basically proposing uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, yeah, and just a perpetually only viewing movies for the first time. So I I, I said block the synapses. I didn't say like cut them off completely. So after you finished it, I could could be like a three-hour time switch. And once, like, the ray stopped shooting into your brain, (laughs) (laughs) then then it would be, then you know, you'd be fine. You're like, okay, I I watched the same movie again. So basically you'd be like, for three hours, God, I fucking hate this movie. I fucking hate this movie. I hate this movie. Why am I watching this? Why am I watching this? And then you turn it off and you're just like, oh, I've seen that three times. Okay, like, I've pieced it together now. Like, it'd just be such a jarring experience. (laughs) Also, (laughs) if, if this technology existed... None of us would have podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> like, what would we do? <laughs> we would forget everything we watched and have nothing to talk about. <laughs> what we're saying is it needs work. <laughs> I, it's, a, it's a it's a refining process. It's still I'm on like rough draft three. Where to, it's still it's still getting worked on. To quote the guy who pissed off uh, Willem Dafoe and Spider Man, take it back to formula. <laughs> I think at this point I just like alter it to become Riddler and Batman Forever. <laughs> all right, all right. See, look, already we got we got some, we're spitballing. Okay, I'm okay with that, but you have to wear the green spandex suit at all times. Oh, I would wear that if the if if the invention didn't work, I would still wear that suit. No, 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 no. I r- see that and raise it. The crazy silver one at the end where his mask is just the question mark and he has that weird Cindy Crawford fake mole. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. the one I want to see. I learned how to do like like uh, bow staff tricks because of his like spinning the cane tricks. So not to <laughs> fight was, or to do anything that's else. That's the thing that got you into that? Wow, okay. <laughs> I found my dad's cane after watching that movie, okay? It was it was a learning process. Yeah. You, didn't, you didn't pick it up. I didn't it have a lot like of sword or lightsaber. School. You're like, yeah, fucking Riddler cane. <laughs> yeah. Right on, right on. That's the best. 
in terms of like characters, I, I feel like the like Loki, a fun character, and Tom Hiddleston does a great job with him. But I feel like he's he's always been kind of one note. It's like you know what he's gonna do all the time. I kind of liked it at the end of this movie, and I'm hoping that this continues on into Infinity War. Just like that slight change of a character where when he hit him and him and Thor that talk about like, you know, you can be more than just the god of mischief. And I felt like you kind of saw a slight character change and I'm hoping it kind of goes in that direction towards Infinity War. Well, and so much of what Kieran Gillen's done with the character over the past like yes. 10 years, I want to see that. That's such a, a great way to keep Loki around. But also, I mean, you lose Hiddleston, which is obviously a big draw. But it's like, you can do kid Loki. You can do lady Loki. Like, they've done so much with the character and then still reverted him back to who he is at the end of the day. But they've it really invested because of Hiddleston's performance and the popularity he's brought to the character into making him a full three-dimensional character and shown that he can work and, and still be an active part of the Marvel Universe and Thor. Now, I do have a question about Lady Loki, because in the comics, that's Lady Sif, right? Doesn't he take over her body or something like that? How did that work? I don't think so, because he Why got did... he got busty, so I don't think he's Lady Sif. Why did I think it was Sif for some reason? She Well, she she... At the time, she got her own comic. Okay. She was the, yeah, when, when Lady Loki, around when Lady Loki first premiered, mm-hmm. Sif took over Journey into Mystery, right? She was the, before Loki was, she was the initial, she was the lead of it around that time. I don't know if it matches up, but. Because it was when he was finding all, like, the, after Ragnarok, and all those souls were kind of, like, hidden in human bodies, and mm-hmm. they needed to be brought out. And so that, that's when Lady Loki was around, wasn't it? Lady Loki was around at the end of Secret Invasion because she was at the Cabal. Well, that's true. Yeah. So two thousand ten. Because that was before Siege, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he went back to so yeah by twenty eleven. So for three years. I just think it'd be fun to see uh, Jamie Alexander play Loki. That'd be fun. Yeah. Like, they keep doing these sort of things. Like it, it seems like whenever Loki gets to change around, like when it was. Chris Evans playing Loki, playing Captain America, or like this again. It's like Anthony Hopkins playing Tom Hiddleston, yeah, playing Loki. Like it'd be fun to see her get to do that too, because I feel mm-hmm. like she's she's pretty awesome. Well, she's I feel the like only, she could do it. She's so. the only Asgardian who doesn't appear. Yeah, so I assume she's alive. Yeah, because I guess they tried to get her, and there's a scheduling conflict, so she couldn't make it down there. But I guess the good thing about that is that maybe she's still out there, which would be awesome. But she couldn't make it for just one fat flash scene to get killed. That she couldn't make it. <laughs> well, wasn't there the rumor? This was probably like season two, Agents of Shield, that she was going to either be a part of that show or she was going to get her own spinoff at some point. Well, she was on a few episodes. Yeah. Well, probably with Blind Spot, um, that probably right. took over that, or like kind of Marvel squashed just that. didn't like yeah. buy out her contract. Everybody's talking about Blind Spot, you guys. Everybody's watching. <laughs> it was the <laughs> that hit show. Hit show of the fall. 2016 there's or 2015. More, this season, there's more hidden tattoos, guys. They discover a, a further layer of new tattoos. Wait, you're serious? I am serious. <laughs> they touch a thing to her neck, and she glows, and it's all these new tattoos that have been even deeply, deeper hidden on her skin. Is it? Is there going to be a crossover with Prison Break, and uh-huh. she just has like an actual map? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> wow, that's really... Yeah. Ad- like, hey, guys, we have a premise. Tattoos <laughs> on her. But we've looked at all the tattoos. All right, hold on. Another layer. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's what Chuck devolved into. Yeah. I mean, that's what, like, the blacklist is basically that. And now I got a new list. Like, it's mm-hmm. always something. Like, it's Here's weird. more information for to, to upload into your brain. Yeah. Now you know <laughs> Kung Fu. Oh, now you know nothing. Now your friend knows everything. Oh, now if you know it, it erases your memories. 
Ooh, stakes. <laughs> We're on the Friday night death spot. We're All trying right. our best to stay alive. Cameron, I'm gonna loop together two ideas that we have. All right. Did Let's you get your DVD idea from an episode of Chuck? No. <laughs> I wish I I wish I could say that. Because I love Chuck. Chuck Chuck was my was one of my coming of age stories. They're coming of age shows. Come on. All right, well, we'll put a pin on it because we need to talk about Shazam at, towards the end. Oh, yeah. Yes. Remember remember that you love Chuck. Always. Um, I thought it was interesting with Loki at the end that, because we see him back in Asgard and he grabs, we assume just by his look, he takes a cosmic cube with him. We've seen that like in the Adventures of Infinity War. He's got it. Mm-hmm. I was hoping at the end, kind of tying into you know, uh, Thor and his eye patch, that he would have used the cosmic cube to repair his eye. But and maybe that might be something that might be at the top of the Infinity War. I don't but maybe know. that's how. No, they said he's going to have it. Yeah, you got to keep that. I well, kind of yeah, like does that. Does Loki want Thor to know that he has it? Because would, would would Thor look at him differently if he knew he had the power again? That's true. But maybe he's because like we are. No. Also, can the cosmic cube fix an eyeball? Could I mean it can pretty much? It, well, I mean because the cosmic cube it it's the the tesseract. The, yeah, the, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the tesseract because that is the space. Gem, right, or space stone? Well, then now, now it's sort of because originally you think, oh, Thanos, just jump ahead to that credit scene. You think Thanos shows up because it's oh, Loki, because the cube's there. Mm-hmm. Well, there, yeah, now it's because it up. Well, before I was just thinking like, oh yeah, that's right. Thanos has scores to settle with Loki. Like he said, if you fail, I'm gonna kill you. Mm-hmm. And so this is that. I didn't even think about the fact that he might have the the cosmic cube with him too and that's like how he found him mm-hmm. so now it's like a two birds one stone thing mm-hmm. I, I have another thing to pitch with Ooh. with uh with thor and loki in the stone so if it is the space gym we know it can open portals what if we give thor cyclops's power because didn't they say that like cyclops's power is there's a portal in the back of his Little eye portals that open up for pure energy i don't know i've heard people go back and forth on that one so we we give him a monocle <laughs> that's able to redirect the power into a single blast, combined with lightning, it's how they're going to take out Thanos. Well, I mean, bringing up that it is space, I can see them, that's how they get the rest of the Asgardians to Earth before Thanos that's obviously what I was destroys thinking too. that yeah. ship, right? Yeah, because Thor gets taught from the leaked Avengers thing. Thor shows up in that story by being landing on the Milano. Yeah, so. amongst wreckage. So, like, yeah. imagine, or Thanos just shows up and says, "Bye, Asgard. Caught you while you were slipping. Bam!" And it yeah. fucking blows them all up. Rag bye, bye, bye Asgard. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because that—that is Thanos, right? I think I read yeah. somewhere that confirmation that is in fact his ship at mm-hmm. the end there. Sanctuary two. Yeah, I do really hope he says Ragnarok, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Josh Brolin. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's talk about Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. Ooh, or yeah. as the Wikipedia entry refuses to call it, or just constantly calls her one four two, which which is weird because like that's not a twist or a spoiler. Like everyone knew she was Valkyrie going in, basically. Yeah, right? yeah. I, know, I remember reading into like Tessa Thompson. She steals this movie. She's fantastic, and I watched it, and she's like, yeah, she was fine. But she didn't like blow me away the way that no. I've been kind of led to believe before seeing the film. She, she, she kept like par with like how funny the movie was, though. Yeah, like I never was just like, well, that I didn't. Learn. I thought she was funny. I laughed almost every time she was on. Right. I liked her entrance. She had a really good yeah. entrance yeah. with like showing up drunk, then <laughs> falling on her ass, and then like, like the cool thing with the arms. A little too like different from the rest of her movie character. Because like I love that scene too. Like yeah, we get that she's a drunk. And she has, you know, she doesn't really like to 
get her hands dirty yeah. unless she has to. Um, and then the rest of the movie, we don't really see that anymore. Like, we, we get that she drinks a lot, that, mm-hmm. and we get that she's an Asgardian. But I feel like they like there's almost like two different like scripts almost yeah. that she had. Well, you know, you, like you could. Uh, it feels like this movie relied a lot on shorthand. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, Thor shows up, so that's why she starts her character transformation, and then he just keeps po- poking her and poking her, and that's what pushes it. Forward. And we well, she got the Loki hand to the head, which kind of like woke her up, right? Yeah, that's yeah. true. And we'd also know that a lot of this was improvised. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe that might have played a hand in her kind mm-hmm. of like not having a solid foundation. Wait, okay, I got a question. <clears throat> How does aging work with uh, Asgardians? Because she would actually be older than Thor if she was there to fight Hela yeah, I don't back know. in the day. Well, Grandmaster said that time works weird. He would be millions of years old. Oh, uh, okay. All right. I'll give you that. But, <laughs> but when he said that, I think he had it flipped, and that's why he like paused. Because it was only like a, like ten seconds between Loki and Thor falling out into space, yeah. But it was two weeks on that planet, so that planet actually moves faster in time. Oh. So him saying that he was you know ten million years old somewhere else that would actually make him you know like a billion years old. Okay, so it's just that it time moves. No, it'd be the time moves slowly there and fast everyone out where else. No, because no. ten seconds Asgard equals two weeks. Yeah. Um. Uh. What was the planet called? Sakar. Sakar. Yeah, Sakar. So yeah, Sakar moves faster. Yes. Than other space time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Plus, I mean, he's one of the elders of the universe, so they they are very long lived anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's like an inception thing, right? It's like when you're deeper, things move <laughs> yeah. faster. Well, everything else moves slower. Every, okay, everything else. Fuck it, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not. It's like I was, I was tracking you the whole, the first time you brought it up, Cameron. I was just like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it's Time's the time chamber yeah. from Dragon Ball Z. Because <laughs> I even felt like, but then one, it's like, but how how is he so alive then? then? Then then it's like, shouldn't he have died years ago, in the span of uh, like months? Who Jeff Goldblum? Or yeah. The collector? Mm-hmm. Or I mean, the ga- a, a grandmaster? No, he's because uh, he's, he's he's essentially like immortal. Uh, that was that was what I was going to ask. Is he and the collector immortal? Yeah, they're like brothers. And there's also the um, I think it's like the gardener, and there's also the champion. Who I love the champion. He's just like a huge guy. Like he likes to box and stuff. Yeah, he's been uh, in the Thanos comics. Yes, and Stanley. Okay, so then, so I'm trying to remember, are they? What's their name? Like the name for that that species or whatever? Like the collector, like, like the elders of the universe. The elder, then where? So in the first Guardians, the the head nowhere. Those are the it's Celestials. The Celestial. Celestials. Okay, I couldn't remember like what the designation was for the different levels. And that's what Ego is, right? Ego's a Celestial. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And then there's the Watchers that just are there as well. And they, they just watch. Yes. Because they're pervs. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but like with Valkyrie, I feel like they kind of teased like her relationship with the Hulk, which I thought was interesting. And then, of course, he refers to Banner, and there's a, like, wait, I kind of know. I don't know why he's always so reluctant to really... Tell her like, oh yeah, I'm also the Hulk too. I don't know. I don't know why that conversation ever happens. And then we never get a really good payoff because he just jumps off the shit like, you know who I am in a minute, and then just jumps off and we never see like. She's like, oh, okay. I, I think maybe that moment kind of goes to show where this movie worked and where it didn't work because that is a really funny moment when he lands on the deck there. But like, you're right, it undercuts the relationship between the two of them, and then also undercuts like the drama of him like committing to go out and become Hulk again. So it's like, it's a weird tonal imbalance a little bit. Yeah, I imagine they probably did that just because the other ones were so serious 
that they're just like, you know what? Like, I mean, because honestly, what relationship do you really care about in the Thor series besides Thor and Loki? None. You don't give a shit about him and Sif. You, no, we didn't care that Natalie Portman wasn't wasn't in this movie. Cat Denning. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I appreciated that they just let it slide. Yeah, like. Oh, I heard. I'm so sorry about the breakup, and that was I that was all the her. thing, all the reference you needed. <laughs> Mutual dumbass. Uh, but but going back to why Banner didn't tell her, Banner is not used to like uh, Hulk having fans or people liking Hulk. I think like because even that when he was left something... Earth, the last memory he had was everyone hating him. Right. So he would. I feel like he would definitely want to keep that a secret. Or he feels like he was cheating on Black Widow. Yes, but I also wish that they'd seen, like, especially since that whole Hulk parade happened after Thor, like, hurt his feelings by saying, no, you're right, everyone hates you. And then I, it would have been, like, again, like, just Banner just get a second, just kind of go, like, all right, I'm feeling uncomfortable, but these people do genuinely love the Hulk. Mm-hmm. You, you, you don't have to deal with it, like, the fact, like, what society could be built that would think the Hulk is a strong positive force but yeah but it would have been nice to even see him acknowledge that and use that as fuel to come to terms with who and him and the who him and the hulk are and maybe make it easier for him to sacrifice himself again to see that there is that potential within the hulk it's himself yeah i feel like this has really made a case for we need a new hulk movie yeah especially i just want to give a minute to talk about the fucking amazing transformation sequence yeah, uh, mm-hmm. when he reverts back from Hulk to Banner, because usually that that'll be like a ten frame sequence mm-hmm. of like you either see him start to Hulk out, and then it'll cut to like a back shot where he's already Hulk, or it'll like you know we'll see like the clothes rip, but that was a good like forty five seconds of him Jekyll and hiding. Yeah, and it was so cool seeing yeah. like just like a split second frame where he hits where he would hit the wall of the plane, and he would like you'd see Banner in there. And then, like you would, sl- you, like we finally see the body slowly morph back into Banner. And yeah, was like that, that was so cool. That felt mm-hmm. like the next step in the evolution of like that shot in Avengers where he does the turn punch. Yeah, like that's you're you're right. It was a beautiful, really well done, beautiful execution of, of even just also showing the conflict of Hulk not wanting to give up control after mm-hmm. being at the steering wheel for two years. Yeah. Which was also crazy that they, like, yeah, he's just been gone. He left and just, foof. You guys should have asked where Hulk was a lot sooner. Yeah. Because <laughs> I even felt like it was, like, that reluctance to even just let the, her, his feelings towards Black Widow come in into that moment. And it's, like, being returning back to Banner is, like, having to deal with those those feelings and emotions. Yeah. I gotta say, I fucking laughed every time Thor was just like, sun's getting low, big guy. Yeah, there was. <laughs> and then there was, um, uh, there was the moment when, like, uh, Banner starts to lose it again, and you see the veins come out, uh-huh. and they're like yeah, bright yeah. green. I'm like, oh shit! Like they, in this movie specifically, they really went over the top with CG veins. Yeah, <laughs> I w- I really want like this is again why I want because the Ed Norton Hulk movie ends with him getting a monochrome of control over it, mm-hmm. and like he has the like zero days since instant thing but he's like smiling as he does it and so i want to it was cool to like i want to see that evolve because they keep teasing it here and there in these hulk appearances i was just like avengers he's losing it avengers 2 he really really lost it again and this one like he had to wrestle with the fact that the hulk was in control of his body for two whole years and it's like that's a far cry from edward norton 
smirking at us as he's about to transform. Well, I think I think both Ruffalo and Feige have said that the Hulk, this like starts out a whole arc for the Hulk over the next two Avengers movies. I feel like they maybe push him more like the forefront because he never goes back to Banner right at that point. The movie ends with him still mm-hmm. as the Hulk. So I wonder if we're going to end up spending all of, or at least maybe the majority of Avengers Infinity War with him in Hulk mode. Do you think Thanos will neutralize him? Oh, because it's clear, it's very clear you can't kill Banner. Yeah, like unless you vaporize him, he he like he died when he fell onto the Bifrost. Oh, yeah. He was straight up dead. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good point. One of my favorite lines is still in the first Avengers um, when him and Black Widow are talking, and he's like, "Yeah, I I I can't die. I put a I put a gun in my yeah. mouth and fired, and the big yeah, man yeah, spat yeah. the bullet out. Yeah, like that is that's such a great representation of that." Mm-hmm. But but also like knowing that maybe Thanos just was like and fump, like somehow like caps the Hulk in him yeah like like cages the beast per- in some sort of more permanent way mm-hmm. to sort of like take him out of the equation because I would have liked the as we're talking about like just like the ending of the film because he's <clears throat> the Hulk is after he falls on the bridge and then he starts re- wrestling with Thanos he's pretty much just like gone for the majority of the climax of the film and then even we don't even get a moment of. Him and Thor on the ship, like it, just to have him talk and say, "Well, you know, Banner's no more or whatever." There's not even like a any update. Hulk, on the- we're going back to Earth, buddy. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it, there was definitely a lot of missed opportunities with the Hulk, but they delivered on what we love about Hulk, and that's him smashing. Yes, because like he the- smashed the stadium and he s- clearly smashed some poon. Yeah, but with- I felt like that last fight. He didn't. I mean, he he was, still, he was just like in his own separate thing. And it didn't really matter. It's like, oh, you're just with this wolf and whatever. It doesn't have to do with, do with anything. Yeah, I mean, talking about uh, CGIing things in the trailers, right? In the trailer, we have that shot of all four of them across the Bifrost together, and that never happens. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hulk never comes back up to join them for the fight. Like, he, he, yeah, he's down fighting the, I'm just going to call it the dire wolf. I don't know what it's actually called. Fenris. Thank you. Uh, down in, like, the water, and then the ship takes off, and he, I think he just leaps from there straight up onto... The ship. He, he grabs him, right, and then jumps up. Yeah, he. Well, he first he punches Surter. Oh. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because remember, there's the where he's like, "Come yeah. on, big monster guys! I feel like we should I gotta, punch him." <laughs> can you just once not smash? <laughs> but, but, I'm just gonna catch you off. No, I mean, I, <laughs> how dare you? No, because that's actually one like a mislead they did really well. Like you think there's gonna be this massive like fight between the two of them, and it's just one brief moment. Yeah. And I really like that actually. Like, no, mm-hmm. we're gonna let this happen. No, goddamn it, Hulk! No, stop it! Come back. Mm-hmm. We're leaving. Speaking of one single lines that would have immensely helped things, I wish someone had just said, hey, you know when Hela kills someone, she takes their weapons? Because that bitch was just throwing knives. Oh, is that what happens? I, no, but it's just like, I don't know what happens. She just can throw knives willy-nilly. Is that I thought she was the goddess like, of knives, know. right? Was that yeah. not her power? <laughs> like, I wish they just had one little explainer line to just give her some context to why she's just able to, why she has infinite or like oh yeah she swords. could use whatever weapon kills a man because yeah. she's a goddess well, of I death. find it so I find it so interesting that how similar her and Loki are mm-hmm. because Loki also can just kind of pull knives out of I, I assume they're in his sleeves but basically they look like they're coming hmm. from nothing yeah um, but when uh, in the opening scene when she's talking to him and Thor for the first time like oh you remind me of dad talking to loki you don't look anything like him mm-hmm. which is so bizarre because like neither parent was black haired she has black hair neither parent is like a knife wielder really or like practices blades and then 
you have Loki, who's the only Blade Master. Like, I, I'm very curious why they have so many parallels besides both being villains. Yeah, it would have been nice just to hear Odin be like, "Oh, she kind of reminds me of you, Loki." Yeah, Odin, like but, that's why I took you uh-huh. was to try. You reminded and me of her. Redeem myself through you mm-hmm. for my mistakes with her. I mean, is she Odin's? first we find out she's also a, a frost giant yeah or maybe there's also that to it maybe she's actually also... what's what uh, what's korg what's his race uh people. rock people yeah <laughs> rock she's people. a rock person <laughs> <laughs> fuck you miss <laughs> well i did like uh i get it for tom hiddleston and the whole scene uh, in the gladiator arena where the hulk makes his first appearance yeah just all of hiddleston's reactions in there i thought were phenomenal yeah from oh shit to yeah. fuck yeah that's <laughs> how it feels thor <laughs> I gotta get off this planet. <laughs> it was it was kind of fun to see him on edge. He always plays it so cool all the time. And here he yeah, he was he's like a coward, right? He's like a coward, he's panicking that moment. But even later on, he's acting kind of cowardly in a way that he hasn't really before. I think the Grandmaster turned him out at one of his orgies, right? <laughs> he kinda he kinda just kept looking at Loki like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Loki was kinda like shaking on edge, like, oh god. Just, I'm sorry, sir, you know? <laughs> Which is like, he thought he was the god of mischief, then he met Jeff Goldblum. Uh-huh. He's like, oh, I thought I was the master, but I'm merely the student. Yeah, can we can we spend some time talking about Space Goldblum? Because he's amazing <laughs> he in this. He's perfect. <laughs> so perfect. Just yeah. his, his hobby of making music. <laughs> yeah. I want I want that that like little music clip of the birthday song when he pressed the button <laughs> oh, yeah. in the spaceship and all the fireworks go off. I, I want that as my ringtone. <laughs> See, was... the, the music. This is the first Marvel movie I've ever wanted to hear the score again. Mm-hmm. Not just like the Guardian soundtrack or anything like that. Like, Mark Mothersburg did an amazing job on it. Well, and he's even cited that, like, that viral video from a while ago. I think we maybe even talked about it on one of the podcasts. The idea that all the Marvel scores are just kind of throwaway and yeah. in, in, kind of inconsequential. And I guess he listened to that and so really tried to take a different approach. And so I've actually gone back and listened to the Giacchino scores. So Doctor Strange and Spider-Man. Actually both really good. Um, but it's also Giacchino. It's always amazing. Yeah. He's sort of, he's like a Danny Elfman, John Williams. He, he craps out. Just a, amazing. Yeah. But know, did amazing they have stuff. any Willy Wonka in it? That was that, fucking amazing. That was so bizarre. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> like Again, weird Jeff, <laughs> weird Jeff Goldblum. He's like, all right, so I, got, I have a vision of how I'm going to welcome people. Mm-hmm. And just this whole weird Candyland experience. Yeah, well, it, it's it's ripped straight from the boat scene in, mm-hmm. in yeah. Willy Wonka. Oh, yeah. oh, for sure. But it's just also just thinking in character how Jeff Goldblum's character came to that conclusion of that was the best idea. Mm-hmm. Like, it just shows how insane this guy is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope that's, like, the only movie that he owns. Like, he, he watched that movie after living a million years. It was like, <laughs> I've been doing it all wrong. <laughs> it just fell out of the sky, out of one of the holes. It's just like, Master, one of the scavengers found this. Mm-hmm. My God. <laughs> what I would have loved, since we do know that like portals just open anywhere, just like a small callback, since this, since this is a very 80s-themed film, if they would have had the golden record that, that we shot up into space in 78. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he would have, like, that's how he would learn, like, Earth culture was from that stuff. Because, like, like, a DJ kit is a very Earth thing. And there's all those, like, small things you have. Well, he, must go, to the, he must go to the same electronic shop that Peter Quill goes to. Yeah, there's there's the space Radio Shack, mm-hmm. space Guitar Center. Yeah, they just, just have all the stuff. Earth, yeah, electronics. 
You don't think aliens could uh, learn to DJ on their own independently of what we've done on Earth? Well, if they did, I think the the equipment would look cooler. <laughs> it wouldn't look that's like a good the point. normal boring turntable. <laughs> that's very true. I think that's a, that's a very philosophical question, Frank. Can the beat be dropped in anywhere in the universe, or is it a simply a human? Can the beat be dropped without gravity? <laughs> Ooh, I think the the funk is universal, baby. All right then. <laughs> <laughs> and that's another cue for Amanda. Amanda, Amanda, Amanda we moment. We need you. We need you here. Um, we we haven't talked about Carl Urban. At Scourge. all, what because I don't think any of them talked about Carl Urban. Yeah, I mean, what what do you guys think about that? I mean, I I love Carl Urban. Um, I was glad that he wasn't just. A, I mean, he was kind of a generic henchman who gets his own. He, he basically like the Mayday arc, didn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I liked him though whenever he was on screen. Mm-hmm. Like, but it's like it's cribbed from Walt Simonson's Run of Thor, where he goes and and goes down to hell and stops everybody uh, stops uh, Hela's army from attacking uh, these Asgardians who are trying to pull out of hell and it's it's set up it, this I feel like is such a watered down version of the emotion that is in that comic book story okay, you really feel like his sacrifice and like the fact that he, his what he did like goes on into you know, the, you know tales are sung and told about his sacrifice forever and this I felt like it was just like the, the, the most watered down version for me it just I was like Seeing a real, just a weak imitation of what it could have been, like a really powerful moment. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. I, but there's I, a lot to do, there's a lot of spinning plates in this movie, and I don't know, like, how much time do you give, you know, the executioner to, you know, just give him a shake weight. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was great. I did. Yeah, I, I guess his first scene was amazing, mm-hmm. where he's got, like all the stuff lying around, and he's like the the antithesis of Heimdall in that job. It was fun to see that. But I guess it's a good point. Like, it almost you almost feel like they could have just had that, and then not really had him a presence in the rest of the movie, and it still would have worked. Or just be like, it felt like they did that scene, and then at some point between when he showed up again. Like appeared on screen again. They decided, oh, let's give him an, an emotional arc. Yeah, because it would have been fun to just see that guy just kind of not give a shit and just be surrounded by all these weapons, just trying to get fucked and just like, oh, hella, hell yeah, let's have some fun. Like, I mean, I get because it was interesting to see him have heart and be confronted with the fact that he's turning against his people to do this and all that stuff. That was really interesting, but considering they didn't have enough time to pay it justice, then why not just go full blown and just kind of have be like super psychotic? Yeah, because that's not really something we've really seen in Marvel movies, aside from like that loose cannon henchman is someone who just really fucking loves what they do. So and yeah, you think he should have killed that old lady? Yeah, yeah. I think he should have been making quips. I think he should have been really into it. If they were, yeah, because you're right, they didn't have enough time to really service an emotional arc. Mm-hmm. So just go the other way and just let him be that fun scourge we meet in that opening scene the whole time, and just have unapologetically be an asshole. Yeah, I think that might have been better because I feel like at the end when he makes that sacrifice, you're like, oh, oh okay. yeah, yeah, and and it's I guess it's it's really overly foreshadowed. Like you're building towards it, you're building. Okay, we know it's gonna happen. We know it's gonna happen. Then it happens. Was I also the only one who found like the scene of him just unloading two assault rifles a little distasteful? Dez and Troy. Yo, yeah. I mean, it, it was. <laughs> I guess it was fun when he just like made the joke about it at the beginning. But it, I guess it's like this is the first time we've ever had a character in a Marvel movie. Just go like balls out with a whole bunch of guns. I just it from Texas. From Texas, like, yeah. It's like the, I think the joke in the beginning was playful, but in the end, it's like, well, now you're just doing the sort of thing you were making fun of in the beginning. And I actually, it kind of bugged me that scene weirdly. Well, it's also like 
Those weren't enchanted. Those weren't anything. They were just two AKs he got from Texas. Like, it would have been cool yeah. if he just, like, and I enchanted them with these uh, ore bullets, and it doesn't it doesn't lock up. It doesn't need to be reloaded. Something like that to show they're, like, enchanted. So, yeah, it kind of takes the distaste out of it. Yeah. Because it's just like, yeah, it's cool guns. I mean, yeah, it's a little weird image, but they're magic guns. Like, that would have made it a little bit more palatable. Yeah, it seemed like they were subverting something and then just did it later on. Although, in the comic book story, he does, that's how he does go out. He's using assault rifles. Oh, okay. So See, maybe I should read some comics. Now to understand. It's, it's overrated, Chris. It's overrated. <laughs> yeah, you don't appreciate your brain. it. Yeah. <laughs> but also, the Walt Simonson in, like, what, like, early 80s? Yeah. Yeah, so, different time. Different time. It's like, it it's cool. a different time. It's not... <laughs> Post Vegas shooting, we're just like maybe we don't need Scourge to be shooting all those assault rifles. <laughs> uh, the uh, the fight scene with Thor and so- uh, Surtur at the beginning of the movie, I feel like that was probably one of the best Thor fight scenes that we've had. Oh in yeah, those films. And as soon as the music hit, I got pumped. When he drops the hammer inside the dragon's mouth, I loved that so much because mm-hmm. we get that joke. In all of the the short Thor clips, like uh, my favorite one is when he's uh, it's when he's living with his roommate Daryl. Daryl, thank you. And he leaves the hammer on the toilet seat, <laughs> uh, and I'm like, I love that, and I'm so happy that they were able to transition that into like a comedic movie moment. Well, now just... we didn't get a Daryl cameo, huh? Yeah, yeah. You can't get a little throw out to Daryl, like just shot on the streets. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, so like he could have been with them in New York, hanging around with Strange. That could have been fun. I but I I did love when that first battle sequence happened with him and, and Starter at the beginning. Like I I think I actually said out loud like what? Like it was just so crazy. Like the fact that we like we followed like Mjolnir as it's going around, like mm-hmm. spinning around yeah, and taking everyone awesome. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I love too that if you hadn't necessarily seen a lot of the other Thor movies, you didn't know that character well. That they established really early on how critical Mjolnir, Mjolnir is to his success. Mm-hmm. Like, that is really him just being perfectly utilized in that weapon all time. So we understand why it's a big deal when it gets uh, taken away from him. But then also the, the freaking callback to, to that scene when he, when he realizes his power and he's on the Bifrost. And they bring it back. And you oh, just see yeah. him fighting the exact same way. Like, oh, like, it almost feels a little bit like shot for shot. Yeah. He's copying his same moves from that scene. But now it's his power leading him as opposed to Mjolnir. Um, being the driving force yeah. of it, like I thought that was that was cool. Because for a second, I'm just like, oh, they're doing the song again. Like, I mean, yeah, I liked it from the trailer and everything. But then you realize, like, oh, it's because they're recreating that scene purposefully. Yeah, they're going back to it. Yeah. Also, he looks awesome when he's just like lightning out like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why I don't like the eye patch. Because for me, short hair Thor is hot as Thor. And then you put an eye patch on him and it just. I do agree. I liked him better. I like him better the with the short hair for sure. Yeah, short One hundred percent. Like, I never want to see long hair Thor ever again. No. no. And they kind of like half cape action. I was down with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, the half mm-hmm. cape. Yeah, I was, I was, all in for that one. And I did like it with the uh, with Molnir, uh when he's in Steven uh, Stephen Strange uh, Sanctum Sanctorum. Uh, Sanctum mm-hmm. Santorum. Sanctum Santorum. Yes. Yes. Uh, and it just kind of walks. Santoria. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> just literally. The Sanctum crash Sangria. And smash. Yeah. The, uh, oh yeah, when he called Mjolnir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he goes. It, Milner goes out on a, on a solid joke. Mm-hmm. That's true. And and he and we see that he he was cared for by Thor. The Team Thor movies when he put him in the little bed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh right. Yeah. The picture of him holding uh like with the sunglasses on and all buff. Yeah. And then he's holding a little Thor. <laughs> 
That was still like that makes it the most tragic loss in that movie is Mjolnir. Like also that shows the depth of characters that they had made previously. That Mjolnir is probably the hardest blow to you as a viewer. Yeah, certainly that more did. than Odin. So yeah, I, I'm very curious how Vision's going to take this news. <laughs> oh yeah, the only other person to to wield yeah. the hammer. That's true. I'll be curious if the the reformation of it is part of Infinity War. That's. I feel like you can't. I kind of hope we see some freaking solid ultimate Thor hammer. Oh, mm-hmm. maybe. Well, because uh, is that it, the axe? Yeah. Have you been to uh, the Guardians ride at, at Disneyland mm-hmm. or at Animal? Or, oh, wow. Uh, uh, California Adventure. Hmm. Jesus. Uh, they have. The, I'm sorry. It's I thought been you were big on. The, I thought day. you were big on the Disney scene. <laughs> no, I'm gonna take this hat off. <laughs> yeah, to clarify, Cameron's wearing his trademark Air Herc hat, and yeah! he's not wearing a Disney shirt this no. time. So it's less embarrassing, but not much. Uh, if, if you, when you're in line, you can see in one of the cases they have a case that says as Guardian Hammer or as Guardian Axe, and it is the the ultimate. Um, the ultimate Thor. Nice. Uh, oh, yeah. Sweet. Cool. Well, recently they've introduced, I think it was Rick Remember, Remender with uh, Uncanny Avengers, but they have introduced like the proto um, weapon that uh, Thor used originally, Yarnbjorn. Yes. It's this like sweet looking axe. It's like a two hander, like axe scythe. It is cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, but that and that's what he's. That's what he went back to, I believe, right? When, he's when using he, that now. Yeah, too. that's what he's using now since he's lost Mjolnir to uh, to Jane. Spoilers. Oh, okay. Whoops. <laughs> uh, so I, I had a question, and I might just have my my time frame off a little bit. Uh, Thor says at the beginning, and I think he says it a few times throughout throughout his movies, that Odin crafted the hammer for him. Um, but when we see the big mural in the ceiling, we see Hela holding the hammer, or at least holding a hammer that looks the exact same. Did did the hammer exist before Thor? Well, if these movies have proven anything, Odin doesn't matter. No, Odin's a damn liar. That's <laughs> a, that's also very true. Yeah. So I think that's more likely anything more so than like continuity errors. Just like Odin's a liar. Mm-hmm. We saw it. We visually showed it that he painted over the past. Yeah. But he also says that the hammer was used to kind of control his power. Can it control, like, could it, was it, like, the thing that was keeping Hela's power in check as well? Like, before that, she just shot out hammers instead of knives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, I, like, if I felt like if she wanted something to help control She was her the power, goddess of hammers. Yeah, that was, then why would she destroy it, though, I guess? Well, maybe that was, like, Odin's thing for a bit, like, oh, I'm going to help my kids channel their things through hammers. <laughs> <laughs> Never the hammers, Dad. <laughs> but then Loki came around. I was like, he's not my son, so that's why he gets knives. <laughs> You're going to get a cool Odin son hammer. <laughs> Is her last name Odin Daughter? That's true. Uh, Hello, Odin daughter. Yeah, I don't know. That's food for thought. <laughs> well, the patriarchy is it considered a last name because he doesn't doesn't really say Odin's son in the movie. He always says son of Odin. Well, it's yeah. In the comic books, is they've established that as his last name over okay. the past couple, kind of couple years. They've kind of said like he's Thor Odin's son, um, just mostly because there have been more Thors popping up, so they kind of need to differentiate it. But yeah, I don't know. I don't think he has a last name. He's yep. like Madonna or Cher. That's true. Uh, although I mean Prince. I am I, I am Eminem. excited to see another Thor movie after this. So yeah. if you give Taika another shot at this, mm-hmm. I would love to see what he does with it. Absolutely. And all I would want to see out of it is Beta Ray Bill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you now saw it's the like, cameo, right? Well, he was one of the the sculptures on the side of the uh, building, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, which I thought was so cool mm-hmm. to see that to see the by Beast, the guy with the two heads. 
I thought that was really cool. And it looked yeah. like, was it Aries? The guy that had like the helmet? I couldn't quite tell if it was maybe Aries. Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out who like the one of the right above the by beast. He was kind of wearing like a a Spartan helmet, but I wasn't sure. Uh, I th- I think I heard that in one of the reviews that I watched. That okay. they they went over all of them, and I should have taken notes and did <laughs> not. Damn it! Way to go, Cameron. I <laughs> expected you guys to have this under control. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you would have thought that. We we're, host we're the DC we, fanboys over here. We host a show about the Flash. Why would we uh, need yeah. to know about Marvel? Ha ha, Frank. <laughs> That's right. Whoops. <laughs> Amanda. We watch cartoons. Why should we know? Yeah. About yeah okay. Here's Amanda. Clip number three. <laughs> Amanda explained the context. Who was everyone? <laughs> yep. Pause. All right, good. We Great got job, it. Amanda. Thanks, Thanks Amanda. Amanda. Oh my God. Applause, applause yes. all around. Nicely done. Now the listener You, you knows. are no longer the novice. No, congratulations. That's right. <laughs> you are the Frank. That's right. <laughs> um, all right, so we're we're winding down. Um, final thoughts. Okay. Oh, okay. Let's do final thoughts, and then there was some news today that I think this would be an interesting group to talk about. Ooh, okay. Nice. Oh yeah. Well, we can get to we can get to news I as love well. A delightful tangent. So. Did you guys see today the, uh, the well, I guess it's not really rumors, but like Fox apparently is looking to sell their film and television properties and like their whole slate to Disney. Mm-hmm. Basically yeah, I heard everything. that. Everything? everything except, except the news. <laughs> yeah, news and sports. They're yeah, keeping. you keep that shit. <laughs> yeah. I would welcome that with open arms. Fuck to be yes. able to see... Well, so, I mean, I guess there's... But there's a price to pay, right? So we could get now... The Fantastic Four, we can get all the X Men in the Marvel universe, but yes. fuck the X Men for Fantastic Four. Like, I mean, I look, they've done such a great job of building the X Men out of necessity into its own thing that now yeah. it would just feel super confusing. But the Fantastic Four, oh my God, yes. No, and I, I completely agree with that. Like, I, there are some great Fantastic Four stories out there. I would love to see them get incorporated. Like, Marvel will do a great job with it. But the other way of looking at it, though, is what's the cost of that? Because Disney, even if it's even through its other divisions like Buena Vista and that sort of stuff, pretty much never does R-rated movies. And Fox has had success with Logan and Kingsman and Deadpool. So what happens now when all those properties are owned by Disney? Will they still make those kinds of movies? Touchstone Pictures comes back. Also, uh, Legion. How like how could Disney handle? Like Disney doesn't really do dark TV. Mm-hmm. Like would. Would they keep Legion the same way, or would they even keep it at all? Well, well but that also might just be FX. That's part of the deal, too, and all that, right? Yeah, but keep it away from Jeff Loeb, and then you'll be okay. Yeah, right? Yeah. No, but I imagine there's so many people involved in that. that and they're, feel- they're just so successful where they have to. I mean, if you dumb all those down, people aren't going to like it, and it's not going to be the same movies. Yeah. So I, I think you just have to, like... It- Create your own R-rated side of it. Throw fucking Blade and Ghost Rider and all this shit hard R's. So then you and can the Netflix still... stuff. Yeah, exactly. It just it yeah it just becomes an interesting idea, right? Because I mean, I guess like the the Marvel Netflix stuff is I think it's considered ABC Studios, but I think yeah. it's just purely and because so, it's maybe they'll just make Fox Studios a, yeah. a a subsidiary of Disney Corporation. Yeah, they probably that's will, probably it, what they'll do. It's just an interesting thing to think about because you can even look at. You could make an argument that both Marvel and Star Wars have gotten just a little more Disney-fied Ooh, over the years. No, 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 I know, but you know what would be awesome is if that happens within the next two years, we could theoretically have Episode Nine with the <gasps> full, the full flair. Okay, now I'm back on board for this because you're right. If there's one thing that has been missing from Star Wars, it's the Fox fanfare. Yeah, that is. I mean, that is. I 
you kind of growing up as a kid, you kind of don't realize that they are two separate things. Yeah, and that's what's so disappointing about these last two Star Wars movies is that it doesn't have the Fox layer like, to it. F- to this day, for me, if the the Fox fanfare ends and it doesn't pop up with you know a long time ago, Galaxy Far Far Away, I'm always a little disappointed. Yeah. All right. Well, then let's. So obviously, this is building towards uh, eventually. It's going to be Time Warner and Disney. Yeah. Or will be will be the two. Think Time Warner will out, outlast Viacom. All right, so Viacom. Right so now, Viacom's like, now the dark three. horse. Yeah, right now we have three studios that basically run all of media. Yeah. Um, no, I, I I like this idea because I feel like uh, I feel like Marvel's in a good place with the terms of their films. They're letting the directors put more of their personality into it now. So I feel like the Disneyification of it may be just more like that the merchandising and all that stuff that we're seeing coming out of that. But I feel like the films themselves. We're starting to enter a really interesting time and seeing mm-hmm. and like Black Panther, I cannot wait. Oh, for sure. That is gonna be really cool. And once we get the adventures of Infinity Wars, those films done, I feel like phase four is gonna be really cool to see where we can just get like little touchstones, like you were saying earlier. You can get a character come in for a few scenes and then you know dust off, and it's not like everything's building towards like another huge epic. I don't think Marvel's gonna go back down that road again. No, I think they've realized the the success of just like making it like a re- as as and that's what's been successful about the CW stuff is the more you treat these properties like actual comic books, the more successful they are. And so building in uh, sequential storylines, the way comic books are, that is what the the main success of this is that it's a continual universe that builds upon itself in each individual iteration, but it's building this whole thing. And that's been Marvel's success since the beginning. The first issue of Spider-Man has the Fantastic Four on it. It was built as an integrated universe from Mm -hmm. the start. And so this weird splintering of like Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four and X-Men and all those characters has made it weird, but Marvel uh, over time has been able to compensate for that by just presenting stuff the way they've always pre- presented their stories as sequential, serialized stories. Except for the Inhumans. Oh, that was oh God, yeah. Fuck Did the anyone Inhumans. bother to watch that? Anyone nope. Here? Okay. Wow, man. I got through the first three, and I was just like, I can't watch this shit You, you are a saint. Yeah, yeah it was, um, and it was tough. Yeah, that's... I didn't want to believe... I was like, no, people are shitty, and they just want to, you know what I mean, throw a lot of fucking dirt on this, but no, it was... They were right. Everything they said, like, the acting and the dialogue, I don't... Nobody fucking cared while making this. I feel like they're like, I just fucking do it. It was bad. Well, because they set up a world where they introduced people with cool powers, and then the first two episodes are them stripping them of their powers. Mm -hmm. And we get, like... We're talking about, like, cool futuristic futuristic technology, like DJ boards and stuff. (laughs) When they decide to cut Medusa's hair... They just use like barbershop clippers, clippers. That you find on Earth. Like, yeah, that was yeah it. right. That was it. Oh, oh my god, that was terrible. So, so I'm trying to remember. So Black Panther's next, and then is Infinity War the next one after that? Yeah, Holy, yeah, next summer. Holy shit! Oh, because then wait. So then it's after Infinity War. Is it um, Ant Man the Wasp? Two? Yep, Ant Man the Wasp. Next summer, yeah, like July, I think. And then what's the? <clears throat> and then so they won't have a holiday movie then. And is Captain Marvel before? Avengers 4 or after? Uh, yes, it's before it Avengers That's 4. 19, right? Yeah. yeah, and then, because I think that year is also Spider-Man 2? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that happens right after Infinity War. That's the next well, but Spider-Man that. also doesn't count as a Marvel movie for their slate. Yeah, it does. No, because it's, because they still did three this year, right? Or, no, no, no I guess that works. Yeah, yeah. I mean, their Guardians, it, it counts, because I, I think it took, I feel like it took someone else's slot. Because, yeah, in terms of the storytelling, it's like yeah. that's going to reintroduce like phase four and what the world looks like. Well, it took women, they were going to make the Inhumans movie, and I think it took well, that yeah, slot, so I think, right? I think it, I feel like it took, <laughs> actually, I think it took the Thor slot, which then got pushed out till, till now, obviously. And then I don't know if they always had a third 
plan this year? Or so then... the next year is just is it Black Panther, Avengers, and Ant Man? I think it's just three. I don't think they're doing any more than three. Yeah, that, that's what their slate is. is yeah, now three. Then a year. so twenty nineteen will be. We just said this. I've already forgotten. It's gonna be Captain Marvel. It's gonna be Spider Man two. It's going to be because uh, I think Avengers is Avengers four twenty nineteen or twenty twenty. I think it's twenty nineteen, right? Twenty nineteen. Yeah. Oh, then Avengers Infinity War is 2019? Yeah. yeah. The only two they have confirmed for 2019 are Captain Marvel and uh, Avengers 4. Hmm. And then well, then... And then Spider-Man will be out. I guess that's because they like a Sony release, but it'll be out after... Yeah. That, that summer after... Infinity what about War. Venom? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah, if I... anything could save that, it's this Fox deal. Mm-hmm. If anything... Mm-hmm. But, but again, like I don't give a shit uh, about but, a Venom movie. But no, that won't make a difference because Venom's Sony. Oh yeah, that's right. It's just Sony. Now, I mean, hang on. I will say this: that cast is incredible. Yeah. Well, I mean, Spider-Man is the only other Marvel character that can exist on his own. Yeah. Like, I mean, granted, we've seen how much the character benefits from being a fully integrated character in the Marvel universe and having everyone else, but he also has such a deep bench. Like, he is the only Marvel character that rivals DC's best in terms of oh, rogue yeah. gallery. Because they were also all built individually and then over time merged together. Mm-hmm. And Spider-Man's the only one that really stepped up to like building out a fully fleshed out supporting cast. Because like, it's also like um, the only drawback that I've ever noticed from Spider-Man is he kind of doesn't have any guy friends. It's just him and his ladies and all That's of true. his exes. Yeah. Um, but Some yeah, but he's dead. got like, he's like got the Harry Daily Osborne? Bugle. Harry Osborne. Dead. That's, yeah. <laughs> he just has a lot of dead people in his life. <laughs> no, Harry Osborne's alive again. Right? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They brought him back one more day. Yeah, what I rather would see, don't do Venom, don't do Silver Sable and the, the Black Cat. They should do Spider-Verse. And you get Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire is playing alternate universes. Mm-hmm. They all come together for a movie. Bring back uh, Emma Stone as Spider-Gwen. Yes, oh, absolutely. That would yeah. be so cool. That's like, like, Emma Stone's casting and like Natalie Portman's casting are tragic in hindsight considering what they've done with the characters since those yes. movies. Yeah, it's, it's like a shame that Natalie Portman's done with Marvel because the idea of her leading a Thor movie would be really, really Which, amazing. With Avengers, like building the way it is, it's like this is the perfect time to do that. Yeah. To bestow upon her the powers of Thor. It would be freaking awesome. But I am jazzed about what's next when Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, they decide to step down and not do films. What's the next transition in terms of is it legacy characters? Is it, you know, Sam Wilson or Bucky Barnes picking up the mantle of Captain America. Mm-hmm. How are they going to handle that transition? I'm really interested to see how they do that. Well, it seems 2020 is like the we're, is the turning point, right? This seems to be when yeah. everything's sort of going to well, start. Well, they'll focus on Black Panther, Captain Marvel, Ant-Man. So they'll, they'll just replace the Avengers. It'll be new Avengers. So I'm, I'm curious because, like I, I mentioned at the beginning, I'm starting to feel a bit of fatigue on this. Do you guys want this to end? Like, do you want it to have a definitive point where we're done with Marvel movies, or do you just want it to keep going and going and going until I die? No, I don't. Until you die. I want this Avengers: Infinity War to come to an end. I don't want Marvel films to end. I'd like to see what happens if we can get more films like Ragnarok or Spider-Man: Homecoming, where you can have have other characters from the bigger universe pop in and in and out of, you know, for as ever much, but not building towards like seventeen films leading to one conclusion. I feel like I'm getting burnt out on just the wait to get to that film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely it feels like I want, yeah, I want this story. It feels like it's telling a singular story, and I want that story to have a conclusion. But yeah, I agree with Frank. I don't want to see, I want to see Marvel like start evolving into like what we're seeing with like New Mutants or like with Legion. I want to see Marvel 
basically hit the point that Fox did, which is like, it's kind of not working, so let's take some real huge fucking swings. Because mm-hmm. yeah. Mar- like we saw here, Marvel took a very calculated risk. They got a, 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 a good director who knew the voice he wanted to hit, who knew the kind of humor he wanted to hit. He was very confident in it, but I want to see them really take... Because like Logan is not only a different movie in terms of tone, but like even the, the plotting is different the villains are different like it and 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 like deadpool as much as it's fun is still pretty a conventional movie yeah and so i want to see when marvel starts like or even like when the netflix shows have to become like legion mm-hmm. like i want to see what i want to see marvel start having to evolve into that and start making some more pure standalone entities in their films i, I guess maybe part of it for me too is that I'm not as excited about these. Like, I remember when like the Avengers were coming down, like I could not fucking wait for that movie. It seems to be amazing. And I think now we're getting three a year. It's like, to, in my mind, one of the few remaining franchises that has long gaps in between is like James Bond. I'm, I'm a huge James Bond fan. Like one of the cool things about that is like when it comes around, it's an event, right? Because it happens every three, four depending on other shit, more years. Depending on how much Daniel Craig hates everyone. Yeah, depending on how much Daniel Craig doesn't want to do it, depending on lawsuits, all this other crap. But, like, the cool thing about it is that I get to look forward to it because there's time to wait. Like, even Star Wars, like, I'm really excited for Episode Eight, but I'm also like, oh, that's, like, a month away, and I don't even think about it. Yeah. Whereas, like, Episode Seven, I was super excited because it had been such a long time, and I guess, like, now it's like, oh, we just got to wait a few months, and it'll be here. Yeah. Well, and it's like... That's what these series, like, that's what Marvel needs to start looking at, is how do we transition into Bond? That was one of the cool things I noticed them talking about in comparison with Spider-Man and something they took upon themselves in this one is, like, we don't always need to know what James Bond is. We don't need to always be introduced. Same with Spider-Man. It's, we kind of get it. Bit by a spider, great power, great responsibility, Uncle Ben's dead. Got it. We know. And so, yeah, Marvel needs to start figuring out how do you become a 50-year-old franchise, James Bond went 50 years. How many, 27, 28 films that they hit? Uh, it's 24 official canon films. And, and uh, yeah. uh, Never Say Never Again, which doesn't count. But I mean, that's one of the difference, right? It's like, yeah. that's 24 films over 53 years. This is where, this, how, what number was this? Is this seven, 17 in nine years? Like, yeah. But like, no film of theirs is not open number one. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's in terms of, like with a massive audience appeal, like the demand is still there. I, I, I hate to be the villain of this podcast, but we might have to continue this note in two weeks when we watch Justice League. Oh. Talk about fatigue. <laughs> what? Whatever feelings you have, multiply it by 10, and that's how oh. I feel about the DCEU four films in. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I want to also talk about, like just the beginning of the Thor film, just the, like the first stretch, the pacing and the editing of it is just amazing. Better. Yeah, it just everything just kind of just moves and moves and moves. I thought it was really the way that it was put together was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Marvel needs to figure out how to do a third act. That's yes. and I mean, and they're in it currently without having just an army of mindless faceless yeah. drones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so with the fact that they're not only have that problem within their each individual films, but they're also currently in that mindset right now as everything's sort of concluding. Yeah, Marvel needs to figure out how to do a proper third act. I, I would argue with Guardians in this, they need to figure out how to do a second act. That's like for me where it got really slow. Yeah, I, I feel like. Spider-Man didn't really have that issue. I think Spider-Man kept a pretty quick pace. But they also knew, like, they had other stuff to pull on, and they knew, like, the world has worked for that. Like, Spider-Man was just another class. Mm -hmm. 
homecoming class. Uh, uh, well, I made the joke. I made the uh, joke uh, on Facebook. Like, I'm really looking forward to Spider-Man Junior Prom. Yes. And Spider-Man Sadie Hawkins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I, of course, you're talking about uh, DCU. There's a big tying it back to Chuck. Of course, the big announcement oh, that right. Zachary Levi is going to be Captain Marvel. Shazam, yeah. Which, that's like, I just call him Captain Marvel. Don't call him Shazam. Yeah. It's so irritating. <laughs> uh, are you excited? Uh, I am <laughs> torn. Uh, I love Zachary Levi, and I, we talked about this on our, podca- on our podcast. I love the, the picture that I'm painting in my head of Zachary, Zachary Levi's face with like a Chris Evans or a Chris Hemsworth body. Looks great to me. True. The problem is, st- I mean, we know that uh, uh, Black uh, Black Adam isn't going to be the Rock. Yeah, well, yeah, we know he's, he's going to be the villain. He's not going to be in the first Captain Marvel Shazam movie. But whenever I, they're going to have to meet eventually, and that image of him standing next to the Rock, no matter how big he gets, he's still going to look so tiny. Very true. Which I mean, I guess could play. It's like all of a sudden he's met this guy that's you know has his powers longer and is just super jacked. Mm-hmm. But still, you're right. I feel like, man, just live. Zach Levi is just going to be living in the gym for the next oh, two, yeah. three years. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also because like he was based on Fred McMurray. That's the original yep. like who, who Captain Marvel was based on. And so it's kind of funny to see like now like we got the Hollywood sexing him up, and it's <laughs> Zach Levi. Was anybody thinking like I? I was like, wow, that is such a choice that I would not. If you told me like list ten people you think would play, yeah. Captain Marvel, I it, would not have picked it. It's kind of a Chris Evans pick. I feel Very like yeah. he, he's... Because that's kind of what Captain Marvel is. He's sort of the Chris Evans, Captain America, wholesome... And, kind of, I mean, even more so. And I will say this about the DC films, for as much as I shit on them, and I do that a lot. They Check back in two weeks, folks. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's a preview. Uh, they are pretty damn good at their casting, though. Yeah. I feel like Henry Cavill, a little bit of a misstep. So, slightly, yeah. but well, just but but they they knew what they wanted and they cast Henry Cavill because he delivered it. I just think probably my whole thing is just like the, the characterization they went with. But yeah, Cyborg. I still, I mean, the jury's <laughs> out on Cyborg. But I don't know if that has any opinion about the actor or just that. I don't feel like the character that version of the character deserves to be in the Justice League. Yeah. So I I want us to to hit the big pause button. Uh, I think it, we need to do sign offs really quick. Uh, and we will continue all of these points yeah. in two weeks when we have more evidence to back up what uh, we're talking about. <laughs> oh, it's better to just make wild, <laughs> wild speculations and, and judgments without mm-hmm. seeing anything. But yeah, um, Frank, want to kick off our goodbyes? Guys, it's been a pleasure sitting around you, broing out the flowers. <laughs> we should have brought some beers, That's like right. a, a, a little six pack. Yeah, we got all worn adult diapers. We had a great time. Took our shirts off, greased <laughs> up. I'm already wearing an adult diaper. Oh, all right. I say we need like some nice denim jackets. <laughs> uh, I, I do the Novice and Frank podcast with my lovely and talented and freshly married, as Trevor was saying, co-host Amanda Barnes, who is not this. She's on Barnes Rights. So uh, on social media, so follow her on there. Like me. writing with a pen or writes like civil rights? <laughs> <laughs> writing with a pen with a W, with a W writes. Uh, and then uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Happy Go Jackie. Check me out, uh, The Novice and Frank. Awesome. Uh, you can find our podcast, I, oh God, I don't do this, uh, at Tim Talk Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And we have uh, a Gmail that we check occasionally. Uh, you can find me personally at uh, camdexter underscore adventures. If you want to see my art, it's uh, cameron.dexter. I'll make something eventually. 
<laughs> Cameron, I'm really impressed. You seem very stressed at that, and you did it flawlessly. You got everything right. And, uh, oh God, that was very yeah, he did it. Cameron does no work on her own podcast. I, I have to do everything. So they, I, I was, I was making you do that to see if you could get through your way through, and you could. Um, and I am at Lordifer. That's that's it. That's all I got, guys. All right, Fimbres, why don't you tell everyone about where we where they can find us um, at the next Grandmaster orgy? Yeah, I already got my ship picked out. Uh, also, uh, Twitter at p o two w underscore flash. Boom. And where can they email us? Chris? And email at podcast Last two worlds. The number two. At, at gmail.com. Gmail. As I was saying before fucking Trevor interrupted me. Jeez. I'm sorry. Were you not an independent track? So we can <laughs> edit that out. That, that was the most intense eye contact I've ever seen between <laughs> two people. I was, yeah, I was trying to get his thoughts in my brain. And where can they find you personally on Twitter, Chris? You can't. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I am at Trevor Copter on all the personal Instagram, social media stuff. Um, and yeah, this has been... The penultimate of 2017, the Nerdist School Network crossover event. Um, as we've already said, we already have 2018 planned out, but we're coming in strong in friggin' two weeks for Justice League to wrap up 2017. We'll probably give like a, a year wrap up along with the episode. Yeah, yeah we, we might might as well. do a bonus episode on The Last Jedi. I was just thinking that actually. I, I... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Answer that now. Yes. Just like book the booth for three hours. Just. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah. So that's. uh, This might not be the next to last (laughs) Nerd School Network crossover podcast. I'm down for that. Freaking. Oh my God. Last Jet is going to be so good. So good. (laughs) But all right. um, Since Chris and I um, were sort of um, the, the leads of this episode of our crossover, I was wondering if you guys would like to conclude the way we always do by saying Speedweed. In unison, if you guys would Love join it. us on that. Yeah. All right, sure. Yeah. So we can time this right. All right, everyone, I'll, I'll give a countdown because we have new people here, so we'll give a countdown. One, two, three, Speedweed! Hey guys, and welcome to At Least There's This. Nope, that's not. Why? That's not welcome. This is an advertisement. Hi, guys, this is an advertisement, so you're not welcome to At Least There's This. Hey, nope, ad. Hi, guys. The world can really suck sometimes, right? Uh, There are neo-Nazis who just, I mean, exist, and North Korea is doing its whole North Korea thing. But at least there's love, and plants, and dog fostering, and the Christmas truce of 1914. So join me every, probably, Tuesday for a new episode of At Least There's This, where I bring on a insightful or funny or just good friend uh, to talk to me about some of the silver linings in our gross world of hurt. Oh, and because I forgot to mention, I'm on the Nerdist School Network. This is me on my phone now because I'm forgetful. Oh, and also my name is Alex Schiffman. That, that, that's who I am, so I just forgot to mention that for most of this ad, and I'm pretty sure that's important. Look me up. The Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit nerdistschool.com.